Hello, Sawona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. We're doing our last installment of Eternity Matters. I don't know about you, but it's been a good series so far. Um, we've, we've had uh, some, some great messages over the last, what has it been, like seven weeks, something like that. Uh, look at the person next to you, give them a big smile and say, are you living for eternity? I hope you are by now. I hope you are by now. <laughs> this really is a, is a game-changing message, you know. It really, um, yeah, it's, re- it's one of those messages that really, you know, it influences everything. It can really change your life if you allow this revelation just to get in and, uh, and, and start to shape the way you look at yourself, at, uh, at the world, at your, at your life calling. Um, so we, we're going to do the last installment today of Eternity Matters, and um, we're going to get to Philippians 3 in a moment. I just wanted to kind of recap for a moment we, um, we've been talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Do you remember that? So, so, so you know you're going to be judged. How do you feel about that? I mean, we live in a generation where it's just like, don't judge me, you know? Don't judge me. Who's judging me? Why are you judging me? Uh, but the Bible says that we will be judged, okay? And, uh, and there's two judgments in the Bible, just to recap. There's this thing called the great white throne judgment. Can you go, ooh. <laughs> the great white throne judgment. I mean, it just sounds hectic, okay? And that, that judgment is, is not for believers, okay? That judgment is a judgment for unbelievers. And it's, a, and it's a judgment where God will determine where they will spend their eternity, either in heaven or in hell. And we've spoken about heaven and hell. We've spoken about justice. We've spoken about mercy. We know that God is just. We know that He's merciful. That He know we know that He He didn't make hell for any person. That he, His goal is that every person would be saved. So there's this great white throne judgment. But if you have repented of your sin, if you have given your life to Christ, the Bible says that you have transferred out of that condemnation. You have you have come escaped that judgment, that condemnation, and you step into eternal life. And what's waiting for you is another judgment, but it's a different kind of judgment. It's a rewards judgment. Sounds better, doesn't it? And, and, so it, and what the Bible calls it is it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And we see that in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9 to 10. It says, We therefore make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. Who's the Him? Jesus for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Um, and so every single one of us are going to the judgment seat of Christ. And the word that Paul uses there in, in that passage in Corinthians is the word bima. And it's, the, and it's really the place where in the old world, in the, in the Greek world, they used to have this this kind of raised platform, and, and it was a, a, for the athletics games. And, and so once you had competed in the athletics games, there was this big award ceremony at the end of the games, and everybody would, they would call up the athletes, and the athletes would come and stand on the beamer, and they would get a wreath put around their head. And as I said to you last week, that's kind of like the Oscars. It was like, it was the ultimate 
crown of glory. It was the ultimate, you know, recommend, rec, recognizing of the gift on your life. It was this, this amazing moment. And, and, and so the Christians, so Paul was drawing a comparison. And he's saying that Christian walk is kind of like that. It's a race. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perseverance to the end. And, and there's going to be this moment where every single one of us are going to go and stand on the beamer before Jesus. And in that place, we're going to get rewarded. Can you say we're going to get rewarded? Rewarded. So this judgment is not a judgment to fear. This is not meant to put fear in us. This is not meant to make us terrified or shrink back in any way and go, whoa, you know. This is, it's the beamer seat of Christ. It's the place where we will be rewarded for everything that we've done to build God's kingdom. Uh, for, For living the life that God has called us to live. And so one thing we learn from the scripture is, is that our God is a rewarding God. He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light, in whom there is no shadow in His turning. So God has actually created this beam of seat to reward us. And, and as Christians, the way we should think about it is we should think that this is like, this is what we're aiming for, actually. As Christians, this beamer seat of Christ is the pinnacle. It's what your life is aiming towards. I mean, you're going to get there whether you like it or not, but you're either going to get there and, and be grateful in that moment, or you're going to get there and say, Eish, I wish I could have, I should have, I, I could have, you know? I mean, if you've, you've been to those award ceremonies and, and at the end of school in, in you know, those prize givings and you, and you spend your time clapping for other people and you go... If I had only put in a little bit more, I, I could have, should have, maybe, could. You know, it's going to be one of those moments. And, and really, it it's should be the focus of our lives, this beamer seat. All of our life, our life here on earth culminates in that moment. All that you've done from, the, from when you were born to when you died, that entire lifespan of yours, whatever it is, 120 years that you live on this earth, we, we hope. <laughs> Whatever it is, that all of those years are for that moment. When you're being dramatic, yes, I am. But it's true. <laughs> it's totally true. Like everything that you do, say, live, how you choose, this entire lifespan. You, you know, some people think their whole life is, is for like a photo album. Or it's for this, I don't know, moment one day when you, your grandkids will be there and you'll be able to recognize them and bless them. No, no. Your whole life here on earth is for that moment. And it's at that moment that will determine how you spend eternity based on the life that you've lived this side. So as Christians, we don't get, we, we know where we will spend eternity, all right? But how we spend eternity will be determined at the judgment seat of Christ. And now I said, as again, that's not meant to put fear in you. That's meant to motivate you. Because then when you go read the New Testament, you see so many uh, passages where Jesus talks about how he will reward us and what he will give rewards for and what's important to him and what's of value to him. In fact, the whole New Testament is really an instruction on how to live your, the best life now while you're here on earth so that when you get there, you'll have the best eternity ever. The whole, it's, it's all a big instruction manual so that in that moment, 
you will be, you'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Come share your master's joy. So, so I want you to know this morning that that's, that's Jesus over your life this morning. That's what he's, 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 he's given you word and He's given you teaching and testimonies and, and gifts and everything. And all of it is, is to bring you to this moment where He can reward you and bless you for all eternity. Not only with eternal life, but remember last week I said there were, there's treasures, there's crowns, there's riches, there's thrones, there's positions of authority, there's cool stuff there. Can you nudge somebody and say there's awesome things there? There's awesome things there, okay? There, I mean, there's... And Jesus always brought this comparison. He was like, the, the, the treasures... Don't store up treasures here. Rather, have them that side. Rather, don't, don't think that this is all it is. Rather, aim for treasures on that side because that's where you really can enjoy them forever. Um, and so this whole series has really been about that. It's about been us just as a family getting ourselves ready for that, that beamer moment, that, that where we get beamed up, <laughs> that beamer moment before the judgment seat of Christ, where we upgrade our bodies, amen, where we upgrade this mortal into immortality, where we upgrade this, you know, this carnal nature into supernatural, where we step into everything that God has for us. Church, we shouldn't be aiming for this world. It's passing away. It's over so quick. Before we know it, we're one breath away from eternity. And then the only thing that will matter is eternity. <laughs> and so we need to live now like eternity matters. Amen? So what will we be judged for at the beam of seat of Christ? Well, you'll be judged for your character. And we spoke about that. You'll be judged for your stewardship. What did you do with what God gave you? You'll be judged for... What you did to build the kingdom of God. How, did, how many other lives did you impact? How many people are going to be in heaven because of you one day? Um, and so you, th th those are things that Jesus will reward us for. And the fourth thing that we will be rewarded for at the Bema Seat is for how you lived your calling. Okay? And that's really the message today. That's really what I want to talk about today is... is Live your calling, all right? Eternity matters. Live your calling. So we're going to start in Philippians chapter 3. Are you there this morning? Famous passage. I know you know it really well. Um, but Lord, as we, as we go into this word this morning, I, Lord, I'm asking for strength. I'm asking for clarity of thought. I'm praying, Father, that you would come through your word this morning and encourage us and build us up as a family this morning. Lord, I pray that this word this morning would be a catalyst to take us further in our callings with you. I pray, Father God, that there would be a releasing here this morning. Lord, I'm asking that heaven would invade this place this morning, every heart and every mind that's here, Lord. Lord, that you, Lord, would come and clarify the call on lives, that you would come and, and strengthen those who are weak in their calling, Father that you would come this morning with fresh bread, Lord God, to sustain us as a congregation, to keep living for you in the midst of a world that doesn't want to serve you, in the midst of a world that's full of trials and tribulations and all sorts of tests, Lord, but that we would remain anchored, strong, persevering unto the end for you. Amen. Amen. Philippians 3, verse 12. It says the following. 
Not that I have already attained or that I am already perfected, but I press on. Can you say press on? That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I know you know this passage well. And it's, and it's really, this is one of those passages that a lot of people print out and, and, write, and write out and put on your walls and in your journals and all that sort of thing. And it is because it's, it's precious, man. These words of the Apostle Paul are so precious to us this morning. But I want you just, to, let's just look into this thing here and look into this passage. I want you to see here that this passage is loaded. Can you say loaded? Loaded. All right. This passage is loaded with determination. It's loaded with perseverance, character, discipline. I mean, you read this, you read, this is a man on a mission. Not that I've already got there, but I'm pressing on. What is his mission? He says it there right in that first sentence. He says, that I may, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. We're talking about calling this morning. The Apostle Paul, we know from his life, was called to be a missionary church planter, an apostle for Jesus, to witness to the resurrection of Jesus amidst the nations in his day. We know that was his calling on life. And, and what we see in this passage is that um, I mean, if you look at Acts chapter 9, I think I, I have it over there, but if you look at Acts chapter 9, this is, um, this is the word of the Lord to Ananias, just at, at Paul's conversion. Right? We know in the Bible, if you, if you don't know, Paul wasn't always Paul. He was Saul. All right? He was the guy who was actually killing Christians, and then he, he got radically saved, and he became this incredible apostle for Jesus. And at that conversion moment, there was a disciple called Ananias. And, and the Lord said this to Ananias. He said, go, for he, Paul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So right at the conversion moment, all right? So Paul is completely not in his calling. He's doing the exact opposite of his calling. How many of you are like that? Doing the exact opposite of what God is called? Okay, a few of us, all right. Thanks, Langer, for raising your hand. I, I feel I'm not alone here, all right? Um, and, and he was doing the exact opposite. He has this radical encounter with Jesus. And at that encounter, here comes this prophetic word about what God has called Paul to do with his life. I've called him as a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So right at that conversion moment, what we see, and this is what I want you to see, is that God has a plan for Paul's life. God has an intention for his life. 
the Apostle Paul did, does not get saved, and then Jesus goes, sure, what should I do with this guy? Let me make him an usher for, you know, 10 years while I think about it. Let's, you know, there, there is a, in his mind, he knows exactly what he wants to do with this guy. He knows exactly the purpose that he has for him. This is my chosen verse. I've chosen him to do this thing, A, B, C, and D. So what we see in this is that God is an intentional God. He has plan. He's the God of destiny. He's the God of purpose. He's the God who then calls us into that purpose. And this is not just for the Apostle Paul's life. I don't want you to sit here this morning and think, well, he's the Apostle Paul, and I'm just me. No, I want you to know that every single one of us have a calling from the Lord. Every one of us are called. Can you say amen to that? Every single one of us are called to something. This is a biblical truth. This is not just a once-off truth. You can go look through all of Scripture and see that God is a God of destiny and purpose. He makes us intentionally. He has things for us to do this side of eternity. There's a purpose to our lives. And so he gets converted and God immediately speaks into him, into his life and says, this is what I've called you to do. And then life begins to unfold. Stuff starts to happen. And later on in his journey, just actually towards the end of his journey, we read that scripture in Philippians 3, where he's coming to the end of his journey and this man is still pressing into the call of God on his life. This wasn't just when he got saved, he got excited, and then he started to do some great things for Jesus, and then he faded after time. Philippians was written towards the end of his life. And what we see in this man is that he came to the place where he knew God had called him to do things with his life, and he knew that it was his responsibility to lay a hold of that calling. It was his response. There, there's, so there's a part that God plays to make known our calling, but then there's a part that we play where we lay hold of that calling. Where we say, yes, Lord Jesus, I will do what you've called me to do with my life. And you can see by the way he writes that scripture in Philippians 3 that this is, this is a determination to press in. This is not someone who, like, oh, I got my call and now it's all going to work out for me. You know, I kind of thought that's how it worked. God calls you to something, and I'm going to be this chosen vessel to do something, and then it's just going to be like I'll step into it and everything will be amazing and life will all make sense. No, no, no. The calling comes. It's a call. Every call needs a response. So it's just a call. So he calls, and what is the possible? He responds. But he doesn't just respond for one moment. He keeps responding every day. Every day until even at the end of his life, where he's just about to go into eternity, he's still saying, I'm going after that call in my life. Which says to me that sometimes, you know what, the call of God can get a little tiring, and you can maybe lose focus, and you can maybe get sidetracked, and maybe you can go down wrong roads. and wrong, But... And we have to lay hold of the calling of God. We have to lay hold of it. Because it's, it's not just an automatic. You know, these new cars are, you know, that are coming out, these, these self-driving vehicles. I don't know, they sound great. You know, that would save some time, you know. Uh, do something else while you're being transported. <laughs> but but this, that's not destiny. Destiny is not this like you step into Christ and it's like a self-driven motor vehicle, you know. And it's just like, Jesus, let's go, you know? 
<laughs> there's gears, there's accelerators that you have to push down on. There's braking, there's danger, there's turns, there's, there's right. You've got to lay hold of the call, people. That's what I'm here to tell you today. You have to lay hold of the calling on your life. You can't sit back and just uh, think that this will be something that will just, you know, automatically unfold. You have to lay hold of that calling. In, in Ephesians 2, Paul said this. He said, for we are his workmanship. The Greek word is poema there. You're a poem written by God. You are a poem created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works, which who prepared? God prepared when? Way before you came, that you should walk in them. That you should walk in them. Not somebody say you should walk in them. You should walk in them. This scripture again says he's a God of purpose. He's a God of destiny. He has good works prepared in mind for you and you should walk in it. Which means you can also not walk in it. (laughs) You should walk in it. But He's made you free choice. He's given you full responsibility for your own life. He says, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I know the best fit for you in this world. But, and you should walk in this because this is going to be it. But you can choose not to. And that is really the sad reality of life is that we can choose to just live our own life and not live the life that God has for us. I want you to know that there is a special prize. There is a reward at the beamer seat of Christ for those who lay a hold of the calling for which God called them. There's going to be a special reward. To, I mean, how else will you hear, good and well done, good and faithful servant, unless you walked in the good works that he prepared in advance for you? In Proverbs 22, it says, Train up a child according to their bent, according to their, their natural gifting. And, um, and this is, you know, as parents, how many of you know, you know, children, they, they come out, you... you uh, and, and it's not about like making them do what you think they should do with their lives. They come out pre-programmed. Have you noticed that? <laughs> they, they really have a mind of their own. <laughs> they, they have gifts which you don't have. They, they've got, they see things at different angles you know, to what you see. And so your job as a parent is not to try to put them into a box and say, you will be like this. Your job as a parent is to look into the soul of that child and see how God has wired that person. See what the gift, the talent, the grace, the anointing is on that, on that child and raise them according to that bent, according to that gifting. Your job is just to steward them for a period of time to help them step into the good works that God prepared for them before time began. So you came out like that, people, you know? You came out wired for something. You, you came out destined for something. You came out with, I don't know what it is you've got, an analytical mind, a creative spirit, an ability to pl- play musical instruments. You, you came out with likes and desires. That was all put in you by God for a reason, for a purpose. He's got something that He wants to do in the world, and He always looks for a man or woman through which to do it. 
always looks for a man or woman. So, you know, I don't want you to walk around thinking you are God's gift to the world, like in pride. Okay? But actually you are, according to Scripture. You know, it's not a matter of like, now nah, you get all proud about that and, you know, back off people. I'm the, I'm the gift here, you know? <laughs> I, it's not about that. It's, but you have to see that you are actually a gift to the world that God, God wants to do something in the world through you. Through you. You are the body of Christ. You are His hands and feet, Scripture says. There is a unique expression of Christ that you carry that the world needs. And it's not the amazing thing about this is that, you know, the Bible says when God gives gifts, He gives as He decides. You know, it's not like we as church leaders get up here and then we decide, okay, you can prophesy and you have the gift of compassion and you have the gift of evangelism. No, God decides. He gives those gifts however He sees fit. And it's not just one gift. It's not one person. It's multiple gifts. We're a body this morning. And every part in your body has a role to play. We all have a role to play in the church. We all have a role to play in the world. We, we're all unique, okay? And don't walk around thinking, well, I'm not the eye, so I'm not important, or I'm not the ear, so I'm not important. No, lay a hold of that for which He's called you, for what He laid a hold of you. Amen? So the Bible teaches this, people, and this is, really, this is one of my most favorite topics, is that, is that you are called for a purpose in this world. You are called for, for something. God wants to do something through you. When Jesus hung on the cross and He said, it is, what exactly was the it? His calling. His calling. When he said, it is finished, he says, he was saying, the calling which I had been given has been completed. I have done it. All right, I have finished my calling. In John 17, 4, he says the following. He says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Don't you love Jesus? I finished the work. I would love to say that. You know, the, there's a story of, the, of a great man of God who, who, who got to, he, he was looking at his diary. John Miller, Pastor John Miller was telling me about this. He, he got to the end of his diary and he, and he noticed that he didn't have any other appointments. He says, he was like towards the end of his life and he was like, you know what, this is the first time in my life where I, my diary is not planned a year in advance. The following week he was taken into glory. <laughs> God took him home. And I, you kind of look at that and you go, that's, that's how it should be. We just expire. We don't die. You know, the, the purpose for which God had, has made us, and then, we, and then we go. Then we're out. We clock out. Acts 13 says the following. It says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. That doesn't sound exciting, the last part. <laughs> But it is the reality of it. But it's kind of like, the way that is written is very raw, hey? I mean, it's just like, it's like that body was just useful for a time. And then it was like, it's over now, finished, 
You know, that thing can go. To, um, we've, it's used it for its purpose. But look at that. David served God, God's purpose in his own generation. And so the, ch- the challenge before you and I this morning is we need to serve God's purpose in our generation. We need to finish the work that God has called us to do. And at the beamer, right, at the judgment seat of Christ, that's where we will give an account of the calling. And you know, I've, I, I know so many people, I've met many people over the years who were called for something and they're not walking in their callings today. You know, this is not an automatic thing. I want you to notice it. That if you, if you take up the call of God in your life, this is, it's going to require something from you. Okay? So let me just try and demystify this morning this calling of God. Okay? Because sometimes this can be like, ooh, you are my chosen vessel. You know, that we can, we can get weird about it. All right? We can, it, it can, I don't know, we can get all these kooky ideas about calling. Like what exactly is calling and and how are we called? There, there, are, there are typically five things that God calls us to, okay? And I'm not talking about the general calling. There's a general calling on all of us, okay? We're all called to love people. You can't be like, that's not my calling. <laughs> I know you tried. <laughs> and you can't be like, you know, I'm not, I don't share the gospel. I'm not an evangelist. No, that, that's a general calling, Okay? I'm not really called to worship. I'm not really a worship. No, you're called to worship, okay? So there's general calling. There's like defaults that we're all called to. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about specific calling. What are you exactly called to do? And there's typically five things. The first is, is this, is nations, people groups, and cities. God calls us to nations, people groups, and cities. He calls us... I mean, this is, I'll, I'll just go through these individually. Abraham was called out of his home country in Haran and led to another place that he didn't know. Paul was a, an apostle called to the nations, called to the Gentiles. You know, many years ago, my wife was working in London, wanted to stay in London, and God called her and said, no, you are going back to South Africa. At that stage in her life, that's the last place she wanted to be because of all her drama, family drama and stuff. She didn't want to, she didn't want to be in Durban. She didn't want it. And God spoke to her and said, no, I've called you back to Durban. And how many of you know that when the calling comes, you have a choice? And sometimes it doesn't look like the like a God, are you sure? Isn't this supposed to be an upgrade? <laughs> you know, sometimes the calling doesn't look like an upgrade. I'm just saying. Sometimes, you know, God might not call you to live in the number one city in the world. And is your heart open to maybe somewhere where you don't think it's maybe the best idea for your life? <laughs> And also, like, search your heart is, are, are you, like, are you even open to hearing his voice to, to, to another nation? Are you even, is it, is, is it are, are you, you know, that sometimes we can just get so comfortable in our little world, and we've got our little shops over there, and the kids are at that school, and just it's all, 
okay. And then you hear the call to somewhere, and it's like, Jesus, not now. <laughs> not now. This is, this is pretty good right now. Um, I don't know. We don't know about Abraham's call to, to another nation. But I, I know that when you know, you, you've built a life somewhere, it's not the easiest thing to, to just uproot and go somebody else, somewhere else. Um, there's this family we know at the moment. They're, they're homeschooling their, their one kid. The one daughter, is she's 12 years old, and uh, she knows she's called to China. She's already learning Mandarin at 12. She's got a heart for Chinese people. The time she sees them, she's like broken for them. 12 years old. What is that? That's the call of God. That's, that's God saying, this is, this is your destiny. This is where, where, what I have for you. Who do you. When you look at the world, who do you break over? You know, when God called me into campus ministry, like many years ago, I was like, Jesus, I don't think so. I'm like, this is a different culture. This is a different age group. I'm in another phase of life, transitioning into another phase. I've done university, Jesus. I don't want to go back there. How many of you want to go back to campus? I'm just checking. <laughs> Dad, you know. I'm not sure. And so I, I had a choice. And I went and I said, okay, Lord, then if I'm going to go, then, then break my heart. And, and he broke my heart for students. To this day, I love students. When I see students worshiping God, something inside of me just says, job well done. This is what I'm called for. This is some part of my life is meant to be here. It's found here. And so what started off as not really like making sense to me turns into actually something that's a joy and a pleasure. Um, and this is sometimes where we get the call of God wrong. We always think that if he's, he's going to call us into something that we hate and have to endure. But, you know, if he calls, he gives you the heart for it as well. And sometimes that's a supernatural transaction. Sometimes that, you know, that, that is like, it's, it's like a, it's a miracle of God. Sometimes it's a miracle of God because sometimes we resist you know what, I'm just seeing a picture of somebody here. I don't know who this is for, but I see you crying and saying, God, please, just anything else. And I want you to know God's going to do a supernatural transaction in your life. He's going to give you the strength to follow the call. He's going to give you the heart for the call. Amen. So he calls us to cities, nations, people groups. He also calls us to churches. Church is a calling. You don't choose your church because they have nice worship. Thank you, worship team. <laughs> Maybe because they got good coffee, you know, an awesome cafe, gem, you know. <laughs> sounds great. Sounds awesome. Or because they got kids' facility or whatever. You, you, you go to a church because you're called there. Church is a spiritual family. And it's a transaction. It's a spiritual thing where you, you, and sometimes you can go to a church and you're like, Jesus, are you sure? You know, and it's like, yeah, this is it. God didn't even give me that chance. When I walked into this church like 16 years ago or whatever it was, I walked in the door and he said, yeah, this is it. This is your church. And no, no information has changed. So I'm still here, <laughs> you know, still doing what he said. 
that you have to know where He's called you to be. And if you're not called here, we bless you. Go be where you call. There's nothing worse than somebody who's not in their calling. Everybody's frustrated. <laughs> but what I am saying here is that, you know, the, the world we live in today is a comfort-seeking world. And we can choose. Can, we can be called people or comfort people. And God doesn't always call us into comfort. I'm just saying. Actually, I've never been comfortable in this call. <laughs> yeah. He keeps t- calling me into things that are so uncomfortable. Like when I was called to lecture at the Bible school that we had, I was throwing up in the toilet before I was terrified of standing in front of people and talking. I was, I, I'm not joking, I was in the toilet. And I was getting sick because I was so nervous. I had to hold the mic close like this because my hands were... It was not comfortable. But I knew you were saying, go for it. This is it. This is what I've caught, you know? And then, and then, you know, yeah, I could go on and on. There are lists. He's always calling me into things that are just out of my comfort zone. Just a little bit beyond me. When my insecurities are like going haywire, my fear of man, my whatever, and, and, and all of that, it goes crazy, but, I, but, it's, but he's calling you into it. And you can shrink back in fear, in insecurity, or just because you want to be comfortable, because you want to be safe, or you can lay hold of that calling. I, mean, I want to encourage you today. Like, as somebody who's laid a hold of the calling and has gone through every discomfort that comes with that, do it. Do it, man. Like Paul, Paul said here, he said, there's a prize laid out for me for this upward call of God. Listen, there is a prize for you when you lay a hold of this calling, this upward call of God. And you know, it's an upward call. It's an upward call. It means, uh, upward means that you're going from one level to another level. He increases your responsibility. He increases your authority. He, and all, with every increase, your flesh manifests. Lord, I don't think I can handle anymore. You know, just when I thought I could handle one congregation, Lord's like, okay, now you can have another one. Like, Jesus, I don't want another one. No, it's calling. All right, just when you feel like you've managed that, then he gives you like more people, more students, more whatever, more find, more responsibility. It's an upward call of God. And every time along that journey, you have the opportunity to shrink back or lay a hold of it. Lay a hold of it, people. Come on, amen? amen. He calls you to churches. Um, he calls you to careers or vocation. You know, you look at the Bible, David was called to be a king. That was his vocation. That was his job. Joseph, Daniel, they were called to be prime ministers. There was, there was a calling to a vocation. Um, and that word vocation is much better than career. Vocation actually means calling. That's what work used to be called. What is your vocation? It's actually what is your calling? What is the thing that you fit in, the, the, the passionate thing on your life? Um, so God calls us into vocations. Um, 
And so we have to seek Him. We don't just look at a list of what's the highest earning careers. We go to the maker and we say, Lord, how have you wired me? Where do you want me to be a gift to the world? He calls us to ministries. Um, Prayer, intercession, kids, worship, business ministries. You know, there's so many different ministries, kids. And there's nothing better than seeing people in their ministry, in the one that they're called to do. I look at like Jonathan and Joanne Party, who are pastors in Joburg with kids, and they are, they're just called to work with kids, and they're like impacting so many churches through that, and it's their ministries where God has placed them. Um, and it's wonderful to see people in their callings. Isn't it great watching people in worship and, and, and with kids and in all these different places in the church? It's amazing. But he, he calls you into these ministries. John the Baptist was called to prepare the way for Jesus. He had a specific ministry to call people to repentance before Jesus came. Um, when you look at Jesus' ministry, there were a number of prominent women, it says in the Gospel of Luke, that provided for his ministry. If you look at Jesus' ministry, he didn't just travel alone. He traveled with disciples and groups of people, and they went through every city where in, in Israel. I mean, you're talking about a huge logistical organization. I mean, when you're traveling, how many of you know you need transport, you need food, you need accommodation. There's, there's So Jesus needed all of these things as he was traveling and, and, and going around to these cities. And it says in Luke 9 that there were people who were called to come and provide for that ministry. Some prominent women, wealthy women, businesswomen or whatever they were, they saw their job, their calling was to come alongside Jesus and provide, and pay the bills, and make sure that when they got into the city, their their accommodation would be sorted out, there was food for everyone, that that the meetings would happen. And so they were called into that ministry. And so we see armor-bearer ministries, provision ministries, business ministries. There's so many ministries that God calls us into. Marriage and family is also a calling. Amen? Marriage is a calling, and it's not... A calling for everyone. Um, if you can handle that, you... oh Jesus, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but remember this wherever you feel like you can't and you know you're called, He will provide, He will give you what you need to do it. All right, amen. So, and, and, and kids as well. It's a calling to have children. I know couples, many couples in our movement who, who are called for adoption. They've adopted so many children. It's like this calling on their lives. And you see other couples, they don't have that calling on their lives. It's fine. It's, it's their particular thing. So I want you to see, I'm trying to demystify this this morning. These are like the five major ones. Okay, the five major big deals of what God calls us into. So I want you just to look at that list, okay? And if you can look at that and say, right, I'm in the right nation, right city. I'm you know, married to the right person, hopefully, Lord. If, if you're not, it is His will now, okay? All right. Even if you doubt that, it is His will now, and, and we can sort that out. 
by the grace of God, okay? You made that covenant, there, there'll be grace for that, all right? Amen. Um, so just go through the list, all right, and, and see church, career, ministry. Are, are you or do you have some open spaces over there? Are, is there maybe a, a question mark next to one of those things? If there is, I don't want you to feel condemned this morning. I want you to look at that and, and what every one of us should have is a tick in every one of those boxes. And if you're not, I'm going to just show you now how you can get some ticks in those boxes. All right? But that, if you can tick those boxes, let me tell you something. You're living the calling that God has for your life. And so if that is you this morning and you've got a tick there, then be encouraged. You're walking in your calling. It's not this like some demystified, you know, this mystified thing where you like, you're still waiting for some voice to come to like, or a letter, you know, just this is it. Okay. You're in it. Amen. When you're doing that, you're doing the good works, which he predestined for you to do. You're laying hold of that for which he laid hold of you. And I want you also just to to remember there's sometimes seasons to this calling. Okay. Sometimes God calls you to a city for a season. He can call you into ministry for a season. He doesn't call you into marriage for a season, okay? <laughs> Clarify that one again. <laughs> getting rid of all confusion here this morning, okay? <laughs> he, called, he can call you into a career path for a season, for a period of time. They're not, not a, these things are not all cast in stone. I know that I'm called to the city of Durban for a season. I know there's going to come a day when I'm going to leave the city. I know that. But I'm called here for now. And the point is this. Do I keep looking forward to another season? Or do I live the season I'm in right now? Because sometimes we do this. You know, we, we're called for singleness right now. But we're like, oh, calling starts when I get married. No. You're single. This is a calling right now. Live your singleness. Steward it. Okay? Live your calling. Okay? And don't look for the next season. All right? This, let, the see, let Jesus change the seasons as he decides. Okay? Because this is what some of us do. We're, like, we're always trying to get into the next season, the next call, the next what chapter of life. And we're missing the maximizing for what we're in right now. Um, So, calling is not a one-day thing. It's a now thing. It's a now thing. Okay, don't think your calling starts when you get married. Don't think your calling starts when you have that job. If you're a student right now, this is your calling. If you know you're in the right place, studying the right thing that God's called you to do with your life, you're in the, the, this is your calling. Live your calling. Live where you are right now. Don't wish that, or think that it starts some, some day. All right? that, you know that Cinderella syndrome? You know, one day my Prince Charming will come. Slash that thing, okay? Today, live today, seize the day. Um, There is nothing better than seeing people living their calling, living in the season that they're called to do. There is a famous runner, athlete, Eric Little, and he said the following. He said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. (laughs) I feel his pleasure. This is... You know, that, that to me says calling, okay? That says this is, a, this is a calling. When I run, some people say when I write, 
when I'm with kids, when I'm researching, when I'm teaching, when I'm lecturing, when I'm, you know, serving, when I feel His pleasure, I feel the wind behind me. I feel God's pleasure. And this is what Paul said in that opening scripture. He said, um, uh, he said, what, no, no, he said this. He said, I make it my aim to be well-pleasing to Him. Jesus said it a little differently. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, my pleasure, my food is to do what he's called me to do. So I'm going to finish this message by giving you three pointers, okay, on how you can walk in your calling this morning, how you can step into what God has called you to be. Um, First point is this, be intentional. Look at somebody and tell them, you've got to be intentional. Didn't you think it was really funny that while we were doing the offering, that song was coming up? He's intentional. It's really, it's in my notes here as well. Travis Green, all things are working for my good, yeah, because he's intentional. Okay, I don't, you know, see how God plans these things, eh? Um, he's speaking. <laughs> Be intentional. Why? Because he's intentional. Your decisions determine your destiny. Your decisions are important. How you decide, what you decide are important. So you're not meant to make decisions in these areas of your life unwittingly or recklessly or just casually or just think that making a not, not making a decision is still making a decision, you know, that, that it's okay. You, know, you have to make a decision sometimes as well. You have to make your decisions responsibly. Um, in James 4, it says the following. It says, Come now, you who say, tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy, sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. So what James is saying here is be intentional with your life. Don't just say, oh, I got a job offer, I'm just going to go. Or, oh, there's this, you know, shiny thing, so I'm going to run after it. Or, oh, this is what everybody's doing, so I'm going to go do that. Be intentional. You should rather say, if the Lord wills. Okay? Listen, we're talking about big decisions here. We're talking about where you're going to live, what city you live in. We're talking cities will be judged. All right? You do not want to be found in the wrong city. <laughs> oh, I'm just here. I'm not really part of this, Jesus. Uh, I'm just, you know, I, I was just here for the job and, you know, I'm not. No, you're called to a city. All right? <laughs> so, so where you live, all right, the, the church that you're in, what ministry you take up, these are, we, we're talking, these are the big decisions in life. Okay, And so you don't just make them haphazardly. How do you make these decisions? Three P's and three C's. Prayer, number one. You soak it in prayer. I mean, so often these things come our way and, and we're like, they're so attractive. Can you turn down a good thing for a God thing? I think that's the ultimate test. I don't think trials and, tri- and hardships are, are the ultimate test. I think 
Blessing and prosperity are sometimes the hardest things. To turn them down and still choose the God thing in your life. So soak it in prayer. Secondly, be led by the peace, the second P. In Philippians 4, it says, the peace of God will mount garrison over your heart and mind. So there needs to be a supernatural peace that comes with your calling. You know, when I was deciding whether I was going to marry Trish or not, I was soaking it in prayer. And, uh, and then we had this meeting, like on, I think it was on the Friday night or something, where we were going to say, okay, what do you think? What do you think? Because um, we, we said, there's something here. Let's go pray. And we went and prayed. And then we came back to, to share what we felt. <laughs> so, so I came back, and I'm like, ah, this is not it. You know? <laughs> Let's be friends. She was like, okay. What did he give you? She was like, no, don't worry. <laughs> so, so if I look back on that moment, what was it again? It was fear. I was just afraid. I had been in broken relationships before. I didn't want to make another mistake. I was like, I didn't want to mess up again. All right? So I was locked in fear, came into that, and I said, let's be friends. And... Uh, God did not let me sleep for two days. So the whole of Saturday, I, I couldn't sleep the entire night. Sunday, I couldn't sleep the entire night. I was an absolute wreck. I knew I'd made the wrong decision. The peace of God had lifted off my life. And so the supernatural peace of God is there to confirm the call of God in our lives. And we must be led by that peace of God. Amen? Amen. So, <laughs> then there's prophecy, the third P, all right? Prophecy, God, most of the time, when God's about to do something big or change a city or call you into another thing, when I went into ministry, there was prophecy. When God called me out of campus into community, there was prophecy. When, there was always there's always prophetic words. And, and if you're like here today and say, well, I haven't got any prophetic words, well, then my encouragement to you is go be intentional. Build your life with friends who can prophesy into you at any point. You know, it shouldn't, it's not just like the moment when the prophet's in town. It's, it's the moment when, when you're in connect group and your friend says to you by, the, you, know, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, by the unction of God saying, I see you stepping into a new season. God's calling you to a new city. You know, God's calling... Uh, that, that, we've got to... God speaks through us. And, and so you've got to build your life so that you've got lots of doorways that God can speak to you through. And, and then, okay, so there's prophecy. Then, fourthly, is confirmation. God confirms prophecies. There's confirmation. Circumstances line up. So it's confirmation, and then there's circumstances lining up, and then there's counsel as well. You know, if you're going to make these big decisions in your life, get some counsel. Don't go make those decisions by yourself. You got that job offer, and you, you know, it's for Dubai, and you're like, yep, this is it. Goodbye. No, get some counsel around you. Make sure that you really are stepping into what God's calling you to do. So number one was what? Be intentional. Why? Because decisions determine this. Number two is 
be healed. Why? Because identity leads to destiny. You know, I almost missed the call of God in my life because I was bound in fear and I was bound in insecurities. And I've been, uh, you know, I've been so insecure in my life. And, and the reason is because my, my identity growing up got damaged. You know, it's, it, through, through the world, I, 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 I didn't have any godly mentors in my life or anything like that. And so, you know, I, I got damaged in the process. I started to see myself as not who I was. And I started to see myself as weak, incapable, unable, and, and, and all these things. And, and if you stay in those things, then you won't step into the call of God in your life. And this is for some of you here today. You are damaged goods. And you are hiding. And you are in fear. And you are locked in your insecurities. And I want you to know that you can be healed of that. Jesus, you know, when you look at the Bible, you see Gideon hiding in a wine press. And the angel comes to him and says, you know, I've called you to do this. And he's, but I'm the least in my family. I'm the least in my tribe. We're under the, the whip here. There's everything. He, he didn't see himself as a deliverer. He didn't see himself as a mighty warrior. He didn't see himself at all like that. But God came and said, I've called you to that. And he had a choice. I'm either going to leave. I'm going to stay in this wine press and believe all the lies about me. Or I'm going to start to believe what God says about me. And when your identity gets healed, you start to step into the destiny that God has for your life. Moses, Sam, Samuel, I'm just a youth. Moses, I can't talk. We've all got an excuse, amen? You either make an excuse or you make a plan, people. <laughs> and the plan is get healed. Get healed. Don't stay in that place. Don't stay in your insecurity. Don't stay in your fear. Don't stay like you, the only, you're, you're not only robbing yourself, you're robbing the world of what God wants to do. I'm going to labor this. Sorry. Sorry. If you feel like it or not, this is, this is for some of you today. Some of you are being held back in fear and insecurity. God has called you for greatness and you're not responding because you're so afraid whether it's the fear of man or fear of lack or fear of provision or fear of your family or just such a bad self-image, I want you to know Jesus can heal that. He can heal you. He can set you free. Don't stay there. We need you to come out of that place, man. We need you to rise up and step into what God's called you to do. Just say yes and keep saying yes. That's it. <laughs> Amen. You know what true courage is? He who feels fear but does it anyway. If you, there was no fear, there would be no courage. <laughs> and thirdly this morning, be gritty. Why? Because destiny is a fight to the end. Be gritty. Nudge somebody and say, be gritty. Be gritty. Paul said this, he said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What does that say? That says destiny is a fight. Sometimes it can be a daily battle. You know, I don't know what demons you have to fight to step into the call of God in your life. 
But I can tell you this, there will always be a fight for it. Because your call is actually God's purpose, and God's purpose is always resisted in a world, in this world. It's always resisted. There is an enemy. He does not want you to become what God's called you to be. He doesn't want you to step up. Because when you do that, liberty comes, prosperity comes, life comes, people get saved. When you step out, His kingdom diminishes. And so destiny is a battle. It's a fight. You have to press on and press through and fight those battles, internal battles, external battles. Things will come to try and discourage you in your journey. People will let you down, hurt you, stab you in the back, say wrong things. You're going to have to fight off bitterness. You're going to have to fight off offense. Listen, make a rule in your life. Don't make decisions out of your hurt. Don't make life-changing decisions out of your hurt. Somebody steps on your toes in this church, don't think, oh, I'll go find another church. No, calling. <laughs> calling, sometimes you have to fight through that thing. You have to stay there, walk in love, walk in humility, love, show grace, figure it out, whatever. Don't make a decision in your hurt. Don't make a decision in your offense. You're going to a workplace, so you know God's opened the door. You called there. You were so excited about it. You show up there, and guess what? Everybody hates you there. <laughs> and you misunderstood, and your boss is racist, and there's all these, like, you know, things going on in the office, and you're like, I'm out of here. I ain't called anymore for this place. <laughs> You can live in comfort or you can live in calling. Know this. Calling is a fight. It's a battle. Sometimes all hell breaks loose when you step into your calling. Seriously. Sometimes you step into your calling, man, it feels like everything is going wrong or crazy. I've experienced this so many times in my life. Whenever God's called us to do something as a church, I know stuff's going to happen. I know there's going to be like this fight and this thing happening and then this financial problem or whatever. I just know stuff's going to start happening when, when, when there's a new step you have to take. And so you must know it's a fight sometimes. You have to have grit, man. Hey, you've got to have this like thing inside of you that says, no, I know, I'm going to push through. It might be lonely. You might have to fight loneliness. You know, when God called me to the city of Durban, can I tell you my biggest battle in the city was loneliness. I was lonely. My family's not from here. I didn't have any friends here. Uh, you know, I, God told me to join this church, and I, I had to, like, start afresh and new and make friendships and relationships and all that sort of The biggest battle I faced was loneliness. And sometimes that thing was such a monster, I almost got on a plane and left the city of Durban because I had to fight loneliness. So you, you, I don't know what your battle is this morning. I don't know what you're fighting for your this, whatever it is, relational battles, financial battles. There, there's sometimes there's financial battles to the calling. Just because you call to something doesn't mean there's going to be a check in the post and it's all going to like, oh, all the provisions, yeah. There are many times God says to me, you're calling you to do this, and I'm like, so like the money. <laughs> like... I know students on campus for many years who they know God's called them and they even know it's the, they're in the right campus doing the right thing and the money is not there. And they've got to faith it, man. They've got to faith it. They've got to fight that battle of lack 
and they got to call in the provision and the blessing of God on their lives. And they do it. And they graduate. And they win that battle. Now, I want you to know there's going to be many things that are going to try and stop you from fulfilling the call of God in your life. You have to have grit. In the book of the Revelation, Jesus speaks about to him who overcomes. He talks about all these battles that these churches face. And he keeps saying the same phrase over and again. To him who overcomes, you will sit on thrones with me. To him who overcomes, there's a throne laid out for you. To him who overcomes. This Christian walk is an overcoming walk. It's about overcoming one thing. And guess what? Once that thing, you might have a season of peace. There'll be another thing. I'm not prophesying doom over your life. I'm just helping you to be real. To know that there will be things that you're going to have to overcome. You will have to overcome the fear of man to walk in your destiny. You're going to have to overcome that fear of lack. You're going to have to overcome loneliness. You're going to have to overcome these things. And the question is, will you overcome? That's what the book of the Revelation is saying. To him overcomes. The question is, will you overcome? Well, they hurt my feelings. And I'm hurt and battled. Awesome. We know that. And I'm not trying to minimize that or whatever. But, but will you overcome the feelings of hurt? Will you overcome that offense that came? And will you press on to what He's called you to do? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, please, church. <coughs> We're wrapping the series here, guys. I, my prayer is uh, that we're all going to step into the call of God in our lives. We're all going to finish strong. Can we just take a moment to pray and digest this morning? Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you for your word. I want you to respond to the word this morning, church. Family. Some of you, this is a wake-up call. You haven't been living intentionally. I want you to make a decision today that, man, I need to start seeking the Lord about my calling. You don't know calling in your life. Listen, that's okay. But you have to be intentional. You've got to say, I'm going to go after this thing. I want to live the life that he's called me to live. I want to know where he's placing me. Have the boldness to do that. That's you this morning. I pray you be intentional. Intentional. Go after it. Lay a hold of it. For some of you here this morning, you're hurt in your identity. You know you've been locked in fear and shame, insecurities. You know God's called you to something, but the reason you're not in it is because you're not healed. And the prayer for you this morning is just the love of God just to come over you right now. I pray the love of God over you this morning. He doesn't come and whip us. He doesn't come 
and force us, but he comes with healing in his wings. And he builds us up and he encourages us. And I want you just to open your heart this morning and allow the healing of God. I speak healing over you this morning. You're going to leave here this morning different. You came in here with bondage. You're leaving with liberty. Today is the day of freedom. I speak healing over your heart this morning. Every offense, every, every hurtful word, every thing that's been said wrong over your life. I speak healing over that in Jesus' name. Breath of God, would you come into every heart this morning and encourage every soul that needs this morning. I want you to let go of that thing this morning. I want you to let go. I want you to choose forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Some of you are carrying such regret. You know God's called you and you haven't responded. I want you to know as long as you're alive, He's got a plan, people. If you missed something, He's got another something for you. You might have missed the, that thing, but let me tell you something, you're not going to miss the next one. There's always a next with God. There's always a, another option. And sometimes plan B is better than plan A because this is a God of grace, people. He doesn't want you to live in regret. He doesn't want you to live in shame. He wants you to take today and let go of that fear. Let go of I drive that fear out of you this morning in the name of Jesus. We come against that thing. That spirit of fear, we rebuke you in the house this morning. We rebuke you. We cast you out. We say you have no place over us. You have no lordship over us. There is a dethroning happening right now. The spirit of fear is coming down in the name of Jesus. His throne is being destroyed. We destroy that thing. We crush that underfoot. And Lord, I just speak courage into your, into your people this morning. Courage, Lord. Thank you for new courage, fresh courage. Or maybe you're here this morning and, and there's, and you, you would maybe confess that you, you lack grit. Maybe you know you're in the call of God, but it's tough. And you're just like, Lord, just anything else, Lord. Just call me somewhere else, Jesus. Maybe it's a, it's a tough marriage time. Maybe it's a, it's a tough career time or ministry time. Heck, even church time. Maybe it's just tough right now. I just speak strength over you in the name of Jesus. I speak strength over you. I speak grit over you. Lord, thank you for fresh strength this, this morning, Lord God. You come and build up every person, Lord. Strengthen every feeble hand, Lord. Lord, I pray a shaking off of the past, Lord. Lord, I speak hope over the hopeless this morning. For those who just feel hopeless in their circumstances right now, Lord, I just speak hope. Let it come. Let that peace, that hope, just let it fall. 
Some of you this morning are looking for confirmations. You feel like God's called you for something, but you, you're like, you are seeking Him. You are praying. You are fasting. You. I just speak confirmations over you this morning. Lord, I thank you. You just release every confirmation that's needed here this morning. Lord, just supernatural confirmations, prophecies, Lord God. Lord, words from strangers. Lord, I know how many times you've done this for me, Jesus. I just pray that for every person here who needs that, Lord. That confirmation, that scripture that gets sent, Lord, at the right time. Lord, that, that just encounter at the shop and that person says the right thing. That opening of the newspaper and there it is, right there. Lord, I speak supernatural confirmations of every calling here this morning. This week, Lord Jesus, this week we call them in. I call in your words, Lord God. I just see so much coming on us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's just thank Him this morning. The God of purpose, the God of destiny. the prophetic this morning. You know, I want you to have a good look around this morning and if you feel like there's someone here, just have a look around. Just look at the people around you this morning. If there's someone here you feel like there's a word on your heart for them this morning, I want you to just, I want to encourage you, go give it to them. Because even if you just feel like there's someone you want to pray for, all right, do that this morning. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.